This episode of Ask the Mam Fam is brought to you by Keeps. Guys, losing hair sucks. And two out of three guys will experience hair loss before they're 35. Introducing Keeps, the easiest and most affordable way to keep the hair that you have. You guys have heard of these FDA-approved products that cost so much. But now, thanks to Keeps, they're finally inexpensive and easy to obtain. For five minutes now and starting at just $10 a month, you'll never have to worry about hair loss again. Take it from me. I'm getting up there in age. I crossed 30 a while ago, and you start to notice the thinning. And I started to get concerned. But thankfully, my friends at Keeps helped me out. And trust me, their process could not have been more simple. What you do is you go online and you answer a few simple questions. You snap some photos, and then a licensed physician will review your information and recommend the right treatment for you. And then it's shipped right to your door every three months. You don't have to go to a doctor's office, wait in a waiting room, fill out all the paperwork. Honestly, it could not be more simple. And Keeps treatments are up to 90% effective. And at best, men get back up to 20% of the hair that they already lost. All this starts at just $10 a month. Plus, now you can get your first month for free. That's one hell of a deal to keep your hair. People just keep stopping me on the street. Hey, Kent, where'd you get that great head of hair? Keeps.com. It's K-E-E-P-S dot com. So go to Keeps.com slash mad for a limited time and get your first month free. Try Keeps now at Keeps.com slash mad. Guys, keep your hair. Stay looking fresh. Stay feeling good. Check it out. Keeps.com. Thanks, Keeps. Now let's ask the man fan. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Yes, yes, yes. It is time once again for Ask the Mam Fam. This is our segment where we ask you, the Mam Fam, for your questions and comments. If you would like to uh, chime in on this episode, all you got to do is call our phone line at 214-308-1308 and leave us a voicemail. Thank you to all the Mam Fam out there. Who follow us at Mad About Movies and our VIPs over at madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP for participating in this edition of Ask the Man Fam. Unfortunately, we are down one of the Mad About Movies hosts tonight. Brian is not here. Um, he's got uh, things to deal with, some family things to deal with. And obviously, anyone who listens to this show knows that real life is way more important than this show. There's nothing, you know, pretty much everything is more important than this show. So that's what. Except for our Now You See Me episodes. Right. When those, when there's a new Now You See Me, that, that takes precedence <laughs> yeah. over everything. Had, had Now You See Me 3 drop this week, he'd be like, sorry, family. I've got, I've yeah. got priorities and you're, you're, <laughs> exactly. So we'll count down the days till that uh, day happens. But um, Richard and I are here and we have a lot so. of great questions lined up uh, from you that we want to get to, and some of them are movie-related, some of them are outside of movies, and uh, so it'll be good. It'll be good. Um, but all this is to, to basically say, we do this every single month in the VIP, for our VIPs. Um, they ask us questions all the time. We have a rolling kind of log of their questions, and every single month we do an extended AMA episode uh, for them in which they can ask their questions. And so we might not do uh, Ask the Mam Fam every single month. It's uh, it's gonna really depend on scheduling and what movies are coming out and things like that. But uh, we do we definitely do our AMA every single month. No questions asked uh, in the VIP. Uh, so if you want more of this kind of content from us, check that VIP feed out. But with no further ado, I'm gonna get right to the questions here. Uh, and uh, where should we start, Richard? Should we start with a uh, I don't know a funner a non movie related question? Or should oh, we? Man. We'll start with movies. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah, let's let's start with movies. Okay. You know, we're nominally yeah. a movie show. We are. Nominally. We are mad about movies. That's that is true. Um, so this question comes to us uh, from our friend Amanda. Hey there, guys. My name's Amanda. I'm a huge fan of the show from Indiana, and so I uh, just wanted to ask you guys, in light of that extra special cats uh, trailer that we witnessed, or thoughts. Uh, I'm just curious what your guys' thoughts are on musicians jumping into acting. Have you seen anyone successfully do that, maybe outside of Lady Gaga? Big fan. Love you guys. Bye. 
Thank you, Amanda from Indiana. We love you too. Um, yeah, we definitely witnessed that trailer. <laughs> that's was it. I, it cut out on me. Was it, she talking, she's about, talking cats about cats? Trailer? Yeah. Cats. Okay, uh, that's, that's right. a good way to put it. Heard the rest. We we were subjected to witness it. We didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it it played in front of my eyeballs. Right. It was mm-hmm. a great way to uh, kind of phrase that, Amanda. Um, her question: uh, a- Actors that were once musicians or musicians trying to turn actors. I think she's referring to Taylor Swift mainly in this because this is probably her mm-hmm. first big starring role. I know she's done other things, like uh, I think she was in Aloha or something. <laughs> Uh, she was in one, she's of, those, the man, one of those Valentine's Day, Valentine's Day, something that like that. You. Yeah. One of those ensemble movies yeah. I remember several years ago. I can't ever. There's no way to to know which one of those is which. Uh, yeah, music. You know, Prince comes to mind. Prince had, uh, you know, Purple Rain and a few other films in the '80s that were successful. Um, who else? I think uh, Beyonce has had kind of. I think we all expected a, a, a simultaneous film career out of her, but really, uh, Dreamgirls, she was kind of outshined by Jennifer Hudson. The Lion King movie wasn't that well-received. Uh, Goldmember was Goldmember. Uh, so I'm trying to think of some others. Yeah. But she's Here's had a, a decent film career. It's just that Beyonce's music career is so, before the beehive gets on me, it's just that her music career is so spectacular, you know? Yeah. It's hard to compare. Uh I'm now missing a big one here. I've got a couple. Yeah, go for it. Um, I mean, it's debatable which came first with this guy, but Will Smith. True, sort of simultaneous there. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was rapping before, but his his acting career started very short. Very similar, very simultaneous to the the early DJ Jazzy Jeff, Fresh Prince stuff was was maybe probably prefaced his acting very, very slightly. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's kind of one and the same. Um, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, he's had a. He's always good as a. I think his leading man career was short lived, but I think he's had a strong supporting role uh, character. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, kind that's of, a kind one. of a. I don't want to say character actor, but um, yeah. you know, Coen Brothers use him good... sparingly, and you know, Fincher's yeah. used him obviously. He's good. He can he can cover his. I would say the biggest one mm-hmm. is probably Mark Wahlberg, right? Oh yeah, I always forget. I was thought you were gonna say Britney Spears with Crossroads, but yeah, I can see that too. Um, yeah, Wahlberg. I mean, I think he's almost for the best compliment is people forget. I mean, if he really wants to break the internet, he would release a rap album. Yeah. Next week. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he, yeah. If he announced uh, the Funky Bunch was getting back together, that would break the internet. That would be that would be amazing. Um, a couple others that come to mind: David Bowie. Um, oh yeah. Did a that's lot. Strong. Ice Cube has has done his fair share. Oh yeah, that's a great one. Ice T, Ice T, I mean, LL Cool J, um, yeah, that's... Elvis. Yeah, the ultimate. That's the ultimate. Um, but yeah, uh, Jennifer Lopez kind of was an actress and then turned to music, yeah. um, dancer and then actor, yeah. musician. She's kind of got it all covered. And um, there's a bunch. One other I'll mention is um, is Ludacris. He's uh, Ooh, he's done a pretty good job yeah. too. Queen Latifah. Um, oh, is yeah. is um, is one too that uh, I would like to see her do music again too. If she kind of turned her, yeah, she. You know, it's funny. Hip hop seems to lend itself because that's a, a genre that's so built around your charisma. Um, that I think it, it naturally lends itself to film and television very well, right? Because it's like you're not a good rapper unless you're very charismatic, and so thus there's a higher take rate of you know hip hop artists becoming actors than than probably any other genre of music. Yeah, absolutely. What are some um actors that you I mean some musicians that you would like to see become actors? Hmm. Doesn't Jack hmm. White didn't he almost do a movie in, or he, he was in Cold Mountain. Remember that with Renee Zellweger? I feel like there was some movie that was supposed to be Jack White that was really yeah. big and he turned yeah, it down. Yeah, there was some talk about him. Or, or oh, Star is Born or something, wasn't it? Yeah, Star is Born was, was him. was supposed too, to be him point, instead, of, instead of Bradley Cooper yeah. at one point. Yeah, Bradley Cooper wanted yeah. it before he, he, before he was going to act it. He was going to direct Jack White. Yeah. yeah, I've always thought Jack White would make more sense because he's so uh, – he has such a vision aesthetically with all of his bands. You know, that, you know it's what he's known for is the, the different like color motifs and – 
the way he designs up. I always thought he'd be a really interesting director yeah. more than an actor. Yeah. I would love to see a Jack White like directed because I think he has the kind of Tarantino attention to detail that could be with the right script really cool. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think of other. Obviously, like I, the I, Little Nas X Old Town Road movie is going to be legit when that happens with Bi- yeah. Billy Ray and all and, those. Yep, and Kevin Costner. Yeah, it's a western. <laughs> It's going to be great. Directed by Clint Eastwood. It's going to be wonderful. <laughs> um, great question, Amanda. And that was, that was one, a good one she mentioned, too, Lady Gaga and A Star is Born. Um, yeah, I'll be interested to see if she does more, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, with that. Beyonce did Dreamgirls. Austin Powers. Didn't do much. That was for, pretty much it. Yeah, she did Austin Powers early. But then when she was like yeah, – but she was still kind of like Destiny's Child Beyonce with Goldmember. She's full on Beyonce and Dreamgirl. Granted, that's a full musical, but – you know, then didn't do much after that. Went back totally to music. Oh. So it'll be interesting to see if Gaga does the same or, or tries to crank out a film every three or four yeah. years. Jennifer Hudson won the Oscar and she, that pissed her off. She's like, I'm done <laughs> trying to. Yeah, there's a great. Uh, outshone by freaking gr- Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> there's a great David Spade stand up about uh, about he, oh, people. He says uh, people always ask. Um, I'll butcher this, but who cares? He says uh, people always ask is acting hard. He's like, no, it's not hard. Think about this. He's like Jennifer Hudson. Sings her whole life. She sings every day forever. That's her chosen thing. Goes on American Idol. Finishes seventh in her chosen art. Does a movie one time. Wins an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, and then he lists all these like child actors. Are like first movie ever. Five years old. Nominated for an Oscar. That's funny. It's not hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, really when you compare the amount of the level of of which she worked her whole yeah. life to sing and got seventh on American Idol. And then spent three months doing a movie and won an Oscar. Yeah, Seinfeld's always had a great bit about that. About yeah. just actors are just the most overpraised people of all time. It's like yeah. he said the lines well. <laughs> he 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 did what we told him to do very well. You know, like <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I always like yeah. There's those actors that don't. I mean, I think there's something really to the like emotional truth of a scene, and if you have to go method or whatever to get there, that's great. But sometimes there's. I think Baldwin one time was talking about it. He's like, ah, methods. Method just means you don't know how to do your job. Yeah. <laughs> it's like if you're a great actor, you can go in and out of it. That's funny. <laughs> goat. Baldwin the goat. Um, <laughs> thank you, Amanda, for that question. We move on with a question from Mike, uh, Mike Walker. And uh, he's got a question regarding the Indiana Jones franchise. Hey, guys. Uh, this is Mike Walker. I'm calling from the uh, Louisville, Kentucky area. Um, big fan, just wanted to get your thoughts on this question. Kind of like a two-parter question. Um, I'm a big Indiana Jones fan. And uh, with Indiana Jones 5 supposedly getting started on pre-production and maybe even uh, starting to film this year, I was wondering, do you the general audiences being receptive, well receptive to a movie centered around Harrison Ford, who's I think going to be 76 this year, or if he's not already. Um, do you think that he can headline a movie like this still? I love Harrison Ford. I really wish he could. But, you know, 11 years ago when Crystal Skull came out, um, it was even pushing it, I think. He was, you know, kind of past his years of of headlining a movie like that. Um, So with that being said, the other part of the question is, if they were to insert someone in this movie to maybe not pick up the the role of Indiana Jones and replace Harrison Ford, but maybe take up the mantle so that the next movie can kind of continue the saga with a new face being the, the, having the mantle of Indiana Jones, who do you think in Hollywood could really captivate audiences the way Harrison Ford did? All right. Thank you, Mike. Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. <laughs> now, um, I was going to say Shia LaBeouf, well, but um, that's already well, they yeah. tried. I think. A, lot of, a lot of thoughts on that real quick. First of all, I love Louisville, one of my favorite cities. Yeah, great town. Great town. Shout out to and Rob and Fee. Louisville's yeah. own Rob Fee. Louisville's a great town. Always have a good time there. And, and uh, you know, what they call in Louisville, they call it Southern Indiana Jones. <laughs> That's a little hey. geography joke for you. <laughs> um, here's my thing on all this. I think I think this is a great question. First off, thank you. Uh, was it Mike? Mm-hmm. Okay, great question, Mike. 
uh, from Louisville. But uh, the I would say that's it's very astute and smart, and I totally get it. But I would say just make a good movie, and the rest will figure itself out. So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, I, I would say about old Harrison Ford, probably the same as I say about prime Ben Affleck. I've said this before on the show, but I'll reiterate. Ben Affleck gets a lot of grief and a lot of praise. Here's the thing about Ben Affleck. If your movie's good, he's good in it. But he's not good enough to make a bad movie, a bad movie good. good. Yeah. And you know what? You should trademark you know, 45, that. Yeah. 45-year-old Harrison Ford probably was able to do that. He was that. He was pretty darn good, and he could make mediocre material really elevate it. Um, 76-year-old Harrison Ford probably can't, but if the movie's good, that doesn't matter. He'll still be great in it. So just make a good movie, unlike Crystal Skull, which I've never heard of. I don't think that really exists. That must have been some fan fiction or something. But if the movie's good, I think everything marketing, movie star, whatever, takes care of itself. If you want to put in a secondary star, that's fine. Uh, but just first and foremost, make it good. I think you agree with me on that. Yeah, I do. You can't cheat these things. <laughs> is my point. I do. Uh, you know, making good movies solves a lot of a lot of problems uh, that people have with um, with these kind of things. You know, uh, people had the same concerns going into the Force Awakens when Harrison Ford was announced he was going to return as Han Solo, but it was about the approach that that J.J. Uh, Abrams and Co. took to that. And the execution of that, that won people over. And they really appreciated seeing Harrison Ford uh, take up that role again. Harrison Ford has said for a number of years that um, they've always known that the older Indy gets, the more he has to rely on his instincts, his wit, his knowledge, his uh, I don't know, outsmarting guys instead of uh, uh, you know beating guys up or whipping them or whatever he would normally do and you know, run away from boulders or whatever uh, in the first movies. So uh, I think you'll see with Indy 5, you'll see a movie that is a lot more cerebral, um, a lot more of an ensemble. I, I don't think it'll be Harrison Ford um, necessarily uh, carrying the entire movie. I don't think it'll be like Logan, you know, or anything like that. Um, I think it'll be more along the lines of what you've seen them do with Mission Impossible lately. Where uh, you know Tom Cruise is the star, but it's all about the people that they put around him that makes it enjoyable. Um, you know, people forget that Raiders and you know the first three indie movies were basically ensemble movies. Um, when you think about uh, you know Alfred Molina, uh, Alfred Molina in the first film, and then um, you know uh, Deep Round or whatever his name is in the mm -hmm. second movie, and then you've got obviously Sean Connery in The Last Crusade. Uh, working off of him. So I think it's going to be that. Um, it's also a question of where they want to go from here. Obviously, Disney wants to keep Indiana Jones going. And so Mike has a good point there of they're probably going to have to hand this off at some point to somebody. Mm -hmm. um, they take the approach of soft reboot, where it's not quite a reboot. It's not quite a sequel. It's kind of an in-between where it's a, it's more of a passing of the torch kind of a film where you're you're reminding people of what they loved about the original while simultaneously moving it in a new direction. Um some names that come to mind uh as Harris, as as Indiana Jones um that's tough because um I don't think you could just I don't know in the same way that they did Solo. You can't just put somebody in that role and say you're Han Solo. I think it has to be more of there's got to be takes, an angle horror. Takes along horror. the like the the responsibility of Indiana Jones, but has their own personality. You know, you can't just carbon copy Indiana Jones and say you're the new Indiana Jones. You know what I'm saying? Like you could like what they were totally. like what they were um, rumored to be doing with Chris Pratt a couple of years ago, around the time that Jurassic World came out, and they were saying Chris Pratt's the new Indiana Jones, and that that got a lot of people upset because like you can't just put his name, you know, a star and call him Indiana Jones and people buy that. I think there has to be a, an anointing of sorts from Harrison Ford. So what do you think about that and how to go about that? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have to be any, I mean, it just depends. They were going on, for that fully, he, by the way, with Shia LaBeouf. Like they were fully totally. going for that. It was that. a huge, he was coming off Transformers yeah. and I get it. I would say, hmm, I, I, again, the double down, I think you, 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 you just try to get Indy 5. If you're going to do it, do it right. Don't worry about franchising, building. Don't worry about any of that. Just write 
a good movie. And if it, the torch passes authentically and you can build another three or four films off of it and continue the, you know, Indiana Jones cinematic universe, so to speak, then by all means make a buck. But I get frustrated, you know, the, the cool thing that what makes Iron Man good is they were focused on making Iron Man good. Yeah. They weren't worried about Endgame, you mm-hmm. know, and just make Indy five good. And if Harrison's involved, then then make it a good send off or whatever you got to do with it and tell that story. And then if you can figure out how to spin that story into more with a new star, if the if the character is good <clears throat> and the film's solid, it doesn't matter who that actor is. As long as it's not Jeremy Renner, it will make money and be fine. And so I think, I think that's the way I just, I just don't get ahead of yourself with that. You know, don't try to find the next Harrison Ford because by God, is that, is that lightning in a bottle, that level of charisma and movie star and actor meeting part. And it's going to be pretty, pretty hard to find that again. So, so just, you know, do it. It's easier said than done. Hey, make a great movie, but I just sole focus on that. And then let the rest take care of itself would be my advice to Steven Spielberg because <laughs> right. he needs it. My number one would probably be somebody like Chris Pine or Chris Evans. Um, somebody super handsome, but also charismatic and has, can do the humor, but also has a sense of the action scenes and has respect from people already as an action star. Uh, that has to, that has to weigh into what they're looking for. But I agree with you. I don't think they can go into Indy five saying, this is the last one for Harrison Ford and this person is the next indie. And this is the, you know, I think they have to go, what's the best movie we can make. And then if that wins people over, then they go from there and they figure things out. But line totally. one should be make the best movie we can possibly make at all costs. Uh, I totally agree. I'm excited for Indy yeah. five, Indy five, if, and when that, that or Jaleel is. white. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. That would be uh, Urkel as a, uh, yeah. As well, not maybe Stefan. Oh, um, you know, you don't want to go full Stephen Urkel. It might be weird. <laughs> Stefan Urkel could probably work. I remember them announcing this basically when they made the acquisition of Lucasfilm in 2012. Mm-hmm. That they announced Indy 5 was coming. And here we are seven years later and we still don't know. If, I think they've announced 2021, maybe something like that. That's fine. But, Get it right, yeah. man. I mean, I mean, obviously the clock's ticking My point with, is with Harrison not Ford at this point. Harrison Ford it may not is going to be that's eighty-one fine. or two by the time it comes out. Um, so totally be crazy. All right, good question, Mike. Really appreciate that. Um, let's see where we should go next. Hmm. Okay, this is a good one. This is a shorty. Let's go uh, to Hunter next. Hunter, you're up on uh, Ask a Man Fam. Hey, you guys, it's Hunter. Um, I had a question pertaining comedy, so. When I think of the question, what's your favorite comedy? I know it's probably going to be MacGruber, but I was just interested if there's any other comedies out there that you think either a lot of people have seen or like popular, non-popular, one that you think just always gets you, makes you die hard laugh, and yeah, just as a good time, you can cost it on kind of in the background or just sit down and actually watch it. So I was interested in that, but thank you guys. Have a good one. Thank you, Hunter. Um, favorite comedies or comedies that uh, make you laugh no matter what. Obviously, MacGruber is number one. Um, but what's maybe a comedy that not everybody thinks of that just, I don't know, guilty pleasure cut type of movie for you, Richard? Guilty? I'm trying to think guilty pleasure. Um, underrated. Underrated. As well. Yeah, because I have some that are proper. Like, I love Superbad. That's properly rated. Mm-hmm. I, you know, Step Brothers is funny. That's properly rated. Lebowski is properly rated. Um, you know, I love, I, I love, uh, not that these are poorly rated at all, but maybe not talked at in the same. I love Christopher Guest movies like Best in Show, yes. Waiting for Guffman, those kill me. Um, I love, you know, I think Beverly Hills Cop is pretty perfect. Any 80s Eddie is pretty strong, uh, on the comedy front it holds up pretty well. Um, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is kind of a sad comedy, but it's really great. All the Chaplin stuff, if you want to throw, talk about, that's what I watch the most, like just throwing on because it's silent and just kind of can look up at like old old silent comedies mm-hmm. really make me laugh, the physical comedy of that. Um, hmm, i trying to think, one, ones that have meant a lot to me, I don't know, you know, like I love Meet the Parents and stuff like that, you know, that's a really funny movie when I was younger. Um, Dumb and Dumber, you know, things like that. We'll talk about that later. But, 
you know, there's a lot of movies. I don't know if I would laugh at them now at 30-something years old, but sure, certainly, I mean, I watched a ton of ton of that stuff growing up. What about you, man? You and I have pretty similar comedy taste, I would say, so probably a lot of the same stuff, but maybe some different things. Yeah, I, I think the uh, – I mean, they're properly rated, but um, I think the Edgar Wright trilogy is super funny. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was absolutely going to say that. Yeah. Uh, I think those those are great. Um, some of the Wes Anderson stuff is obviously, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's super mainstream. Some of his older stuff still, you know, the Criterion yeah. type of movies like Rushmore and Darjeeling Limited and some of the early two thousands. Real Tenenbaums, yeah. A lot of those movies, Rushmore and, and Tenenbaums especially, are like properly rated as movie b- movies. But I don't know if they're appreciated for how funny those scripts are. Right. You know. Yeah. The Wildcat. Yeah. What this book presupposes is maybe he didn't. I mean, there's just some fabulous jokes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like um, a lot of people um, came on to have a Wes Anderson with Moose Rise Kingdom, and it was this huge yeah, mo- movement. I'm weird there. I hate I, – no, I don't hate. I don't like Moose Rise Kingdom that much. I'm weird. I'm the weirdest one. I don't like I, – I think his best late movie is, is, uh, is The Hotel. Grand Budapest Hotel. But everything else is just fine to me. But the early stuff, not to be like hipster guy. I think because they're not as funny. They're like films that are great and Moonrise Kingdom's sweet story and stuff. It's like sweet and good, but I, you know, I like jokes. And the Rushmore and Tenenbaums have a ton of jokes. And so does Life Aquatic. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, I think The Cable Guy is super underrated. Yeah. Um, That's a great one. We watched that one a couple of weeks ago. As a Ben Stiller directed, Judd Apatow wrote it, and it's a really weird, nuanced performance from Jim Carrey. Uh, that one made made me laugh out loud. You might recognize times. the song it's performed by different Airplane. When he falls out of the like pantry, called. like when he's doing yeah. the repair, and he just like gets up and walk, like it, there's no reaction to it. There's some of the physical comedy that Jim Carrey does in that movie is is very underrated. Um, Office Space, man, like that's the Mike Judge comedy. Uh, I just feel like he's an underrated voice in comedy in the past couple of, you know, in the past 20 years with what, what he's been able to do um, with, uh, with office space and with idiocracy. Um, so those are the, those are the movies that I put on every, you know, every, every time I'm just falling asleep and want to watch a, a comedy yeah. to go to sleep too. It's nine times out of 10. It's uh, it's uh, I don't know, a late nineties, like, uh, um, I don't know, the Daniel Stern era of comedy or like, yeah. uh, you know, early sure. 2000s, um, indie, indie comedies or, or what I really am drawn to, totally. but, but that, that, that's a good uh, question. Wayne's world's up there for me too. Yeah. Obviously we've talked about that before. I love Wayne's world. I love about a boy. It's a really funny movie. Um, there's so many, there's a lot of good ones. But yeah, that Chris, the stuff that's like maybe not totally mainstream would be any of those Chris Guest movies are some of the funniest. I mean, just Fred Willard. Yes. Unleashed is, I watched is, Best in Show me, literally nothing, two days ago, and God, Fred Willard kills me in the in the dog show where he's completely oblivious to everything, like has no yeah. clue what's going on whatsoever. And it's such a shame yeah. that in some countries these dogs are eaten. Yeah. <laughs> Fred Willard might be the most underrated comedy actor of our generation too. Oh god, he kills me. Absolute and treasure. Yeah, yeah, he, he hit a sweet a, spot. Such a sunny disposition on really dark comedy. Yeah. Like the juxtaposition of the way he delivers lines and how dark the lines are is always hilarious to me. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um so yeah, I would suggest like the old old uh, Wes Anderson like when he was really starting out, Bottle Rocket. Uh, those types of movies, uh, kind of the late nineties, early two thousands, uh, really, really make me laugh. But I find myself revisiting the most, the most. So thank you so much for the question. This next question comes from, I don't know if your name, I couldn't make out your name, so I'm sorry, but it was a good question. So I'm going to play it anyway, uh, on ask the man fam. Hey guys, I was just listening to your guys' episode on once upon a time in Hollywood. And I recently saw that movie along with all the other Tarantino movies I watched to prepare for it. And as somebody who's only 21, I'm a huge fan of Tarantino, and I realized that my favorite theme in his movies is the theme of redemption. And I never really realized it until I went and watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and the redemption that Rick has against the hippies and all the youngsters and, and that back and forth. 
I just love that feeling. It made me reflect on Inglorious Bastards, even Hateful Eight, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill. I don't know if it's Revenge or Redemption, but whatever it is, Tarantino's got that theme on lock. And I don't know if there's a lot of directors nowadays that keep that theme relevant and going. Um, it's one of many things I appreciate about Tarantino. But anyways, you guys are killing that. Thank you. That's a good comment. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is still playing if you have not seen that movie. But um, yeah, it's amazing how Tarantino is able to kind of keep his template while also changing it up drastically every single time. Yeah, no, he, uh, they, that, that is true. I mean, there's, there's a, we've talked about this a little bit in the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood episode. It, it kind of pigeonholes with that a little bit, but it's like, or not pigeonholes, but fits it with that a little bit. It's like, it, you know, he has a certain morality to his movies. Like, uh, they may be, you know, I, and I, I agree with him. I, we talked about this, like I'm an, you know, I'm a white male. So like, I, uh, you know, maybe not as sensitive to this as I should be, but it's like, I'm fine with bad people doing bad things. It's okay to hate them. And then it's okay to watch the good, like triumph over that and redeem themselves over it. And in spite of all their flaws, win out on some courageous or smart or whatever moral choice. That is certainly a theme through his world. They're big, big sweeping stories that that always continues through. And I think that's, that's really interesting. So you're able to forgive some of the, you know, questionable or touchy or third rail things that he topics that he, he touches on. And, and that's uh, for, at least for me, I'm able to, to get there because it's not like someone that some racist that says the N word or murders people wins at the end, you know, (laughs) it's someone that's like a little bit flawed and gets there. So, so, um, uh, I I I certainly I think that's a really astute point, especially for a, a young lad such as yourself at twenty one, and good for you for for watching a uh, a director whose film predates you. Yeah, and doing his research you. too. That's he cool. said he went and watched yeah, all doing the movies. Your homework. Yeah. It's the way to do it. There are certain directors that are worth doing that for, and Tarantino is certainly one of those. And uh, that's that's encouraging. And thanks for listening. Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. That um, of the redemption level of the Dalton character. Um, and, oh, yeah. and awesome. Tarantino's knack lately, uh, ever since, I guess, Inglorious Bastards and continuing it with, uh, with Django Unchained, um, and with this film, um, his rewriting of history, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the style of actor portrayed, uh, by DiCaprio, Rick Dalton is the, the, the actors that were, you know, out of style by the time the 1970s hit and they had to go to Europe and make spaghetti Westerns because that's the only place they could get work because this new, uh, uh, era of actors were all getting hired. And so I loved that the redemption or the revenge of the film wasn't this bloody bloodbath of, of redemption. You know, it was Mm -hmm. like, no Rick Dalton still gets a career in this, uh, you know, in the seventies and, also, we rewrite history by Charles Manson not murdering yeah. all those people. You know, yeah. it's like a, it's like the most thing... p- wholesome ending of a Tarantino movie you could think, <laughs> other than like Django, where he just murders all the slave owners and, and rides away into the sunset. <laughs> like that was like the most stand up yeah. and cheer ending I've seen like yeah. <laughs> ever, maybe. But yeah, it's a uh, you know, there's a there's a Tarantino interview where he gives. I think we might have talked about this episode or maybe not, but I think it's a really interesting. It's a very clear an interesting thought that I think people overthink, but it's like, yeah, how do you rewrite history? He's like, well, because I invented these characters because the characters aren't real. And you're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, hit, uh, you know, world war two did end a certain way, but mm-hmm. if Aldo had existed and Londa had existed and the bastards had existed, then it wouldn't have ended that way. So what's the point of creating the characters? If you're still going to end it the same way, because you know, so yeah, Sharon Tate was murdered in real life and it was horrible. But if Rick Dalton had lived next door, yeah, <laughs> you no, know, he... and Cliff, it'd be weird if you created all this different kind of points in history and then it still ended exactly as it ended because then what's the point? I think that's it's like a very obvious answer, but it's true. Smart, yeah. I think. I've been uh, ever since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I've gone back and listened to a couple of interviews of Tarantino talking about it. I've just been fascinated by his process. And Man, he talks about that movie like it's it's it is fact. 
You know, he's like, yeah, I know. man, so, Rick Dalton yeah, those characters was a guy in. that, man, he lived and he just couldn't get it. You know, like he, he's yeah. acting like he's making a biopic of Rick Dalton, like an actual, like this is totally. And I think that's really, he gets there. That separation between him. Yeah. It's interesting. He just, he treats the stuff seriously. And I think the result is, uh, speaks for itself in that regard. You know, if you take the material seriously, people will take it seriously. And, uh, and yeah, I, I and I think Tarantino really enjoyed with this movie just subverting people's expectations because when you hear T- Quentin Tarantino and Charles Manson, you know, it, your mind is going to go somewhere automatically. And I think he really liked playing with what people thought the movie was going to be and what it ended up being. Um and uh and changing what we thought, you know, that there was going to be this big pulp fiction-esque bloodbath. Um, scene in in the movie that never happens really, or it does, but it it happens in a different way um, than we expected to. But uh, but yeah, all good points by. I'm sorry, I don't know your name, but yeah, let that be a reminder to anyone who wants to call us and leave a voicemail. Um, let us know your name, where you're from, so we can shout you out, and we will definitely uh, do that. A um, couple more questions here uh, before we. Uh, wrap up this uh, by the way we are Richard teased it a little bit we we're talking about um, Dumb and Dumber in the VIP this week so if you're a Dumb and Dumber fan we're working our way through 1994 and we want to um, we want to get through all the big 94 movies I know we can't do all of them but uh, Dumb and Dumber is one of the ones that's been requested the most and we are going to dive into that in the VIP this week so this is a great week to sign up and uh, and join, of course. Um, a couple more questions here. This one comes from our friend Oscar. Hey, guys. This is Oscar. I've been listening to your podcast for about a few weeks now, and I really appreciate how in-depth your reviews go. So I'm calling today because recently I watched Inception by Christopher Nolan, directed by Christopher Nolan, and... So it's a fantastic movie. I'm really glad I watched this, but I was waiting. I was waiting so long to watch it. It was, it was at least nine years ago. So my question is: Are there any movies that you've watched, that maybe that were popular movies or movies that people really love, but you waited a long time to watch it? And also, I have a second question: uh, What do you think of Robert Pattinson's casting? getting cast for the next Batman. Personally, I'm a little hesitant about it. I'm not sure if if he's really the right fit for Batman. But, you know, I'll, I'll go watch the movie, you know, see how it goes. I know he's, he's actually going to be in the next movie with Christopher Nolan and Tenet. And I'm pretty excited for that movie, personally, Tenet. So, thank you, guys, and keep up your great work. Thank you, Oscar. Um... First question, um, any big movies that we waited nine or so years to see? Uh, he waited nine years to see Inception. Um, is there any a big movie that you just didn't see in its time? Well, we talked about this in the show before. I, uh, Titanic was a long Oh, one really? Me. I didn't know. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. Because uh, I didn't see it, and then it became the biggest movie ever, and I did the thing that teenagers do, where you go, "Well, I'm never going to see that movie." And then Avatar passed it, and then it seemed ridiculous to not have seen the second biggest movie ever is stupid, but to not have seen the biggest movie ever is cool and punk rock. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of things I say. You know, I do that with bands a lot. I'm like, you know, for I'm trying to think of one I did one years ago, but it's like, you know, I know I'm going to dig. Just random example, David Bowie. I have, you know, I'm saving my deep dive of David Bowie for a couple years. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'll do that with bands sometimes or artists. I'm trying to think of it. Films are so easy. You know, it's two hours as opposed to spending like weeks of your life if you're obsessive. Like I can be with that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything I really save to like really savor it. Oh, Not necessarily gosh. to savor it, but just mm-hmm. I don't know. Just Came to just it like. A movie yeah. that was nominated for Best Picture that you never yeah. saw, and then ten years later you saw it, and you're like, "Holy crap, that was awesome!" You know? Yeah, it, it well, it's not going to be any recently, obviously, because of the show. We're kind of like yeah. predisposed to seeing everything. Uh, I did, did we? I saw American Hustle late. Okay, that's a good I one. Think I think yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't think we talked that was about one that I, on the show. Yeah, 
Um, it was a couple. I saw it a couple years later. I was like, oh, this was awesome. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. But um, that might, that's the only one that comes to mind. What about you? Yeah. Uh, well, the first one that comes to mind for me is Harry Potter. Never. Oh yeah. There you <laughs> never go. saw any of the movies in the theater at the time. And I, I grew up, I was in middle school and high school when they came out and just never, never did. I don't know why. I don't know. There was no reason like why I didn't see him in middle school and high school. I've been just not going. I don't know. I wasn't against them in any way, you know? Um, Well, then also like the more you wait with a series that long, it becomes more of a chore to catch up. Jumping in. I've got to watch six movies before I go see this thing. Uh, Fast and Furious was one for me. I oh, never yeah, you saw were. Fast Five or Six until like way later. Until yeah, and then I got on board with those. MacGruber obviously um, mm-hmm. didn't see that one in its original run. I don't think anyone did except you and Brian and that one guest we had that said he saw it. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's a that's a really good that's a really good point. That um, it's a really cool thing to discover a movie later in life that can open your eyes. I remember seeing Lawrence of Arabia. I know I wasn't alive during the original run of it, but I remember seeing Lawrence of Arabia like in my 20s and just being blown away, you know, and it just opening up this entire world of movies and how I viewed movies. Like it just changes that, you know. Um and so, you know, I can imagine for Oscar something like Inception would just completely melt your brain, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um if you, sure. you know, it did for me certainly when I saw it and uh, I will uh, suggest the listener to go listen to our Inception episode because we have talked about it at length, and it's a uh, and we do another episode within that episode, and then an episode within yeah. that episode. So be on the lookout for those Easter eggs. But speaking of that, uh, he was asking about uh, Chris, uh, Robert Pattinson being involved in Christopher Nolan's next movie, Tenet, and also being hesitant about him as Batman. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about this at length on the show. Uh, we definitely did in, in uh, the rumors rumblings portion uh, in weeks past, but you know I'm on board for Robert Pattinson as Batman. I I, I think uh, he has the dark energy that you want. I mean the Twilight movies are awful. Um, yeah, there's no it's it's hard to judge somebody on movies that aren't good and aren't trying to be good. Um, and so that's pretty much the only thing people know him by that in like his small role in Harry Potter. Uh, I will I would suggest go see a movie called Good Time. And yep, go see a movie called say. High Life, where he it's a it's a High Life. I think is this year. I think it came out, but he plays an astronaut in that, and with a daughter, and it's like a really emotional thing. So trust me, Christopher Nolan watched Good Time and High Life. High Life to cast Robert Pattinson. He was not watching. Did Twilight. he cat? Was he cast? Did Nolan do the new one? Did he do the new no? Cast he's doing one? Tenet. Uh, the movie oh, with John ten, okay. Washington I was like, gotcha. Okay. Has Robert Pattinson. Yeah. And, right. um, okay. Sorry. And. He is uh, being the, he's the Batman, and I guess Matt Reeves is doing uh, the new Batman. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, no, I'm on board for it. I think he has what you would want Batman to be, um, to be honest. And uh, you know, he's going to be in a cowl half the time, probably anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, so, you know, I I'm very optimistic for this, and I never thought I would come on this podcast and defend Robert Pattinson in any capacity. So. Uh, that shows you how I feel and how um, positive I feel about that. But any thoughts on that? No, I'm 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 a, I'm a pat I've, I'm a convert to to Pattonism. I think he's a a, a fine young actor. I'm per, I think he's got the good look. He's got a good jaw, which is important <laughs> if you're gonna uh, be the Caped Crusader. And uh, yeah, I'm fine with it. It could still be terrible. I'm not saying his casting makes it great, um, but. It, it it his casting certainly doesn't ruin it for me, right? No. Who who do we want to be Alfred? That's the most important thing. Man, I think Hugh Grant. Oh gosh, that'd be incredible. <laughs> How's that? That's not my happened? choice. Yeah, my choice would be Hugh Grant. Young Alfred. Yeah, I think younger. Be... Yeah, but he's like sixty now. I mean, he's yeah, kind of won't be the, gray. The... Like like yeah. We he's sort of flop, to, floppy. To Alfred being great. But I think we could do a kind of a snarky, you know, grumpy Alfred. I think Hugh could crush that. I would like that very much. Good stuff, Oscar. All right, we're going to wrap this thing up with one last question. And uh, this is a teaser for the VIP feed as well. This question comes from Danny. What's going on, guys? This is Danny. Um, big fan. Been listening to you guys for a long time. Waiting for you guys to meet up at Alamo again in Richardson. 
Um, my question isn't movie related. I know you're all big NBA fans with Westbrook going to Houston, Kawhi going to the Clippers. I want to know who do you got for this upcoming season? I want to know who mm. I know everybody's from Dallas. So I want to know how you think the Mavs are going to do or who do you think's going to win? Awesome. Bye. All right. Man, what a, what a question. That was a good question. All right. Man. How long, how long you got? <laughs> no. Shout out to uh, Alamo Draft House too, by the way. Who yeah, met us back we would then love to go back. That. We actually might. I mean, this is a teaser of a teaser. We might have an announcement on some kind of live-ish thing in the next couple months, which would be we're, in Dallas Fort Worth. Yeah. Yes, it would be here in Dallas, and we're deliberating a few things, and hopefully in 2020 there'll be a some sort of live show for for those to attend. Um. Okay, so so basketball. Hmm. I think yeah, I think I think the Clippers are probably the favorite if you're going to put Vegas odds on it just because they're deep and they added Kawhi and Paul George. I think the Mavs are going to be I think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think Vegas or a lot of people think that. I mean, I don't think they'll be I don't think they'll win a round, but I think they'll be a a 6 7 8 seed. Um, hmm, but who to win it all? Who to win it all? I'm going to go Man, We're going to definitely hold you to this too if you get it wrong. So. You have to be held to yeah. it. I have to be held to it. And I will kill I will like jump um off 10 bridges if I don't if I don't get it right. Oh man, I don't know. It's so wide open. Every uh, there's like four teams with like a 20% chance, I would say. I'm just going to pick one at random just because I think yeah, I'll just go I'll just play the odds and go Clippers. That's a good guess. I'm going to go Yeah. I'm going to go Lakers. I like it. I'm going to go Lakers. Because there's always weird stuff that can happen. They can, mm-hmm. The Lakers can – I was tempted to do that too because I don't think the roster as is constructed today will be their roster next June. And so that's definitely a nice flyer to take for you. I'm going Lakers, Sixers, Finals, mm. and Lakers winning it. I like that. That's my – I know nothing. That would, and the only reason I'm saying uh, I, I, uh, I got Danny's question on is because Brian – does and Richard do an NBA show on our VIP feed where they they talk like weekly? Brian almost. mostly. I've only Brian, done one or yeah, two. Brian, Brian, Brian does, does it uh, a lot, but uh, those are our basketball guys, and they do a lot of basketball podcasts. It's mm-hmm. mad about it's sports good. is what we do over there, and so they do an NBA draft show. They'll do a bunch of NBA content. So if you're a basketball fan as well as movies, and you're like, man, I yep. wish Kent, Brian, and Richard did an NBA podcast. Well, we do, and it's on the VIP feed. We and we normally do. do on a, on in basketball, we do because it it's just easier because you can kind of slow roll it. Whereas football is such a condensed season, but we have in the past and, and probably should again for the VIPs. We, we'll do an NFL preview show. Yeah, um, but that's kind of the last thing Kent wants to do because of like Kent's entire bit work life. Um, but we do some NFL content. And I would certainly be happy to do. I do. I follow pretty much three sports. I follow basket NBA basketball, the NFL, and Field college hockey. football, and. And then Brian follows weird stuff like soccer and you know socialist stuff, you know, yeah, cricket. Yeah, but and Ken follows hockey, which is mm-hmm. cool. None of us really are baseball people. I mean, we'll go to games and enjoy it, but we're not like we don't follow it week to week. The, yeah, we're not in on it. But yeah, we all we have other hobbies besides movies. Kent and I are and Brian too are, are big music fans and like talking about bands. We should do another Mad About Music episode. We should yeah. do the VIPs. We've done that in a couple of years. We got hobbies, man. We do. We we like Think to uh, doing stay a... busy for sure. Yeah. We we don't we're not lazy. We don't we don't just sit around and watch movies, believe it or not. We got a lot going on um in our personal lives, which we do like to talk about on the VIP too. Uh we, we, we like get... to kind of peel back peel back the curtain, so to speak. We should get Sarah and Zoe and Lindsay on sometime. And do an ask for the, an episode, ask, just ask the girlfriend's wives episode. Of the ma- yeah, yeah round, that'd be a good one. A girlfriend's wives round table. I could yeah. just talk junk about us the whole time, or we could do. Uh, that'd be fun to have them on for something they're all into. That would that be we funny. Are oblivious to that'd be really funny. But um, thank you to all of the people that submitted questions, and yeah, you can call great. this line any time of the day or night. We don't answer it; it's just an auto voicemail line that we keep and we go through. I, no, it does pulls. ring my phone. No, it, it, it rings Richard's phone, personal time. phone. So if you want to talk to Richard, personally. my landline though. Yeah. Um, it's just my landline. <laughs> oh, landline. 
Oh, <laughs> it's in the kitchen and it's on a cord. Uh, so he's going <laughs> I walk in, in there, there grumpling yeah. like, hello? Oh, it's really annoying. Oh, the machine already picked it up. <laughs> you hear a bunch of tapes running. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if you ever have a question and you're just like listening to our show and you're wondering what we think about something, pause the episode, call us, and let us know. And we'll do one of these episodes whenever we get enough questions to justify it. So if we get, an, if sure. we get 50 these questions over the weekend... We might do another one of these next week. Uh, it's just going to kind of depend it. on uh, the amount of questions that we get and, and all of that. But uh, this is really fun, and we appreciate that. But, again, we'll do another one of these next week in the VIP um, for those people. We'll do a, well, an extended AMA session, and those questions are already rolling in for that. So if you've got anything on your mind and want to get some more episodes in your life, hit that VIP feed as well. So thank you so much to the sponsor for making this episode a possibility. Richard and I will be joining you guys next week. We're back on the main feed with Brian. Uh, where I think we're talking the farewell, um, mm. and which is getting a lot of Oscar buzz. And so it'll be good to talk about a good movie for a change. Um, so look forward to that. Weird, but good. Um, but until then, Richard, where can I find you on the internet? Hey, you can find me on all kinds of social media at Richard Barden. If you have a question, you just can't wait uh, for... Uh... The voicemail to work, tweet it at me. I'm always happy to answer if it's something in my wheelhouse. I get those all the time. Always try to answer them. Same with Kent. Uh, Kent, where can I find you? You can find me on all the social media at Kent Garrison as well. And you can find uh, us online, madaboutmoviespodcast.com. has all of our episodes on there. Because, believe it or not, only the most recent hundred or so or a couple hundred are on your feed. So if you want something older, you're going to have to go back and find it, Google it, something like that. But we do have a lot of episodes available for you to listen to. 500 episodes. More than that at this point. I know. Crazy. So until next week, when uh, Brian will hopefully be joining us, we will see you at the cinema. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me ya ya. salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again.